a beautiful teaching today as I continue teaching on the Song of Solomon, chapter 1. That's such a beautiful chapter about the bride. And I've been teaching on the bride of Christ. I want to continue today teaching. And I hope you joined us yesterday because if you had not, please go back and watch the program where I began teaching on this. Thank you again for being with me. You know, I pray that what I'm going to share today will just intensify the fire in you to love the Lord even more, to get to know him in a deeper way, in a glorious way, maybe deeper than ever. Lord, thank you for your word. Open our eyes, wonderful Jesus, that we might behold wondrous things, wondrous things out of your word, Allah. We give you all the praise and God's sweet people said amen and amen. amen. And today with me again is dear Lucas. <clears throat> what a blessing he's been to my life already. <clears throat> you know, the Lord has sent me disciples, his disciples. Yes, amen. And he's a true disciple. So is Chad, who's right now on the road ministering the gospel. Actually, he's ministering to the Arabs. He was just in Iraq, by the way, and He's now in the UK, and he'll be back home uh, this week. Then we leave for for Europe ourselves, and uh, with Lucas and Jackson, love the Lord so much. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. and we've been talking about the bride of Christ, you know. In in John, I I kind of you know I don't want to have to repeat everything I said yesterday, but uh, we all saw the you know scriptures from John seventeen where the Lord talks about I in them, they in me, that they may be made perfect in one. He's talking about the bride. And he says to the Lord in John 17, 11, Lord, keep through thy name those who you've given to me. And in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, Paul talks about the fact that we will be changed from glory to glory. And what he means by that is we will become completely united with the Lord. I explained that yesterday by showing you this water. If, for example, if you take two or three bottles and put them in one glass, you don't know where, where, the, where the water came from. It becomes totally one. It's not like two pieces of wood or two pieces of metal coming together. It's like pure, pure oneness. And that's what, what our des destination is. We're going to be one with Jesus in such a way. We begin with Jesus is in my heart. Our destination is I'm in his heart. That's what it means to be in Christ. I wanted to teach on this today, but looks like I wasn't able to finish the teaching yesterday, tomorrow. So I'm continuing today, and then tomorrow I'll bring this teaching on in Christ. What does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? Because Paul talks a lot about that. And then we went into the Song of Solomon. So let's just go back and talk about this beautiful. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, let him, let's just begin. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 2. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For thy love is better than wine. The kiss here is union. That's why you see brides and grooms kiss at, at the end of a wedding, meaning we are one now. Mm -hmm. and, and, that's, and they got that from the Bible. So here it is. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is better than wine. That's the union one day will, will happen between Christ and his church. And then it says, because the savor of thy good ointment, uh, thy name is as ointment poured forth, therefore the virgins love you lord and the ointment that we also talked about are, are are four different things which i showed you 
these are ointment, uh, ointments found that represent the Lord in the Old Covenant. Uh, number one, myrrh. Number two, cinnamon. Number three, calamus. Number four, cassia. These are the four different uh, fragrances we see in the Old Covenant, and each one of them has a meaning because myrrh speaks of love while cinnamon speaks of jealousy and calamus speaks of brokenness and cassia speaks of worship. I shared all this with you yesterday. So it speaks of God's love for us, God's jealousy over us, God's brokenness over us, and now our result, our, our, our response is worship. That's why it, it, it says here, Lord, your, your, your savor is like good ointment. Uh, your name is as ointment poured forth now that's why we love you and your name uh, is poured into our being and 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 so we worship and then in verse 4 draw me we will run after you we want to be drawn the bride is making that request that she should be overwhelmed now by him to be drawn into his love and verse 4 says uh that he will draw us into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice. We, we come into his chambers as, as, he's, as he is drawing us and we experience unspeakable joy. In verse five, now the Lord reveals his, his glory to us as we're drawn in. I'm black but comely, I'm lovely. We begin to see his loveliness. Uh, and he says, oh, you daughters of Jerusalem. So we are captured by his loveliness we are captured by his inner heart. And, and now we go to verse 6, which we, where we stopped yesterday. Mm -hmm. Look upon me. Sorry, look not upon me because I'm black. Because the sun hath looked upon me. My mother's children were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards. But my own vineyards have I not kept. I was explaining that to Lucas earlier. Mm -hmm. So when we begin... Lord, I give you praise for this. I give you praise for this. When we begin to experience God's intimate love and it becomes really in our hearts and our fellowship becomes abiding, others now will point our weakness to us. Mm -hmm. They become angry with our relationship with God and they, and they want to point to us our weakness. They begin to urge us to focus on our outward uh, you know, uh, weaknesses and problems. So the Lord says, don't look upon me because I'm black, because the, the sun has looked upon me. Now, because you're looking upon me, you are being drawn out. It says, my mother's children were angry with me. So now they, they, they don't want me to be there. Remember Luke 10, 40. Let's read, read that again, because there's, there's a tremendous revelation on this there. Sure. That's where we stopped yesterday. Go ahead. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him, and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister... Don't you care? My sister is not helping me. Mm -hmm. So what she's saying is, Lord, why don't you, you know, kind of release her? You know, it's not fair what she's doing. She's focused on you, while she should be focused on her job. Mm -hmm. That's what this says. Yeah. When we're focused on the Lord, others will say, come on. Why, why are you so heavenly minded? You're so in the spirit. You don't care about us. Don't, don't care about our needs. And now the Lord says something incredible. So uh, they, they want us to really focus on their vineyard, on their vineyard. They were angry and they may be the keeper of their vineyards. 
of the vineyards that they have, the, the problems there, the vineyard is always speaks of your life and so on, of, of their life and their, and their matters. But, but now the Lord says, but my own vineyards, I have not kept. Why? I'm keeping yours. Mm. So the Lord says, when they pull you away, I will keep that relationship going. Mm-hmm. I will keep that oneness going with you. I will keep that vineyard for you since you can't keep it because you're being pulled out. Mm. And then verse 8, read, read verse, uh, well, actually verse 7. I'm so sorry. Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. Wow. For why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? Now this is very, very, very deep and very powerful. Now the bride is forced to leave the place, the bride, the church, is forced to leave the place of fellowship and tend to lower matters. Because tell me, O thou, my soul loves, why are you feeding where you're making your flock to rest? But soon she'll always return to that place where the bridegroom is feeding his flock, that place of fellowship, mm-hmm. always. So now she's being pulled away from the fellowship with, with the Lord. She's having to, she's forced to do other things, lower matters, but soon she will always return to that place where the flock is resting at midday, the place of glory, where wandering is forgotten. Mm. That's why it says at noon. All right. Now verse verse 8, read verse, 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 verse 8 for us. If thou know not, O thou fairest among women, Go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock and feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tents. Now the bridegroom replies, if you don't know how to find me again, you must find your nothingness to experience my fullness, is what he's saying. This is marvelous. If thou knowest not, O thou fairest among women, go your way forth by the footsteps of the flock and feed goats beside the shepherd's tent. Meaning, now he replies, if you don't know how to find your way back to me, you must find your nothingness. You must find a place of loneliness to experience my fullness. Because Feeding the kids or the goats besides the shepherd tent is a place of lowliness in the Eastern culture. Mm. Feeding, feeding goats and feeding sheep are two, two separate wow. things in the, in the Eastern mind. Yeah. If you feed goats, you're a, you're a lowly shepherd. You're, you're a slave, basically. Yeah. If you feed sheep, you, you speak of wealth. You speak of a place of honor. Wow. Yeah. So think about goats are all, goats uh, in the Eastern mind it speaks of thieves. Mm. They steal the food of the sheep, mm. even, even to this day. Yeah. Goats steal the food of sheep. Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice, not, 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 not the goats, because goats are thieves. Yeah. So now when someone is taking care of goats, he's going to a very low place. So if you don't know how to find me, go, uh, go your way and go, uh, go, go find your nothingness by feeding goats. Yeah. Go to a place 
of nothingness because now you'll experience my fullness. You must go forth from yourself. You must be you you must be persuaded by your nothingness to experience God's all. You have to to uh, go into you know God said to Jeremiah something powerful. He said, if you can see and minister to the worthless, you'll find me. That's quite, that was pointed out to me by a, a young uh, preacher years ago. It's, he, he, he said, look at that, at, at that verse in Jeremiah. He said, if you'll find your worthlessness, I will use you. Mm. Isn't that powerful? That is powerful? So the only way here, you must go forth from yourself. You must be persuaded by your nothingness. You must experience God's all and and through that you will experience God's all, and now you must be become obedient to godly authority and and and, and true shepherds, is what is what, uh, verse eight says. It says, "Go feed the goats beside the shepherd's tent. Mm-hmm. Go learn the authority of shepherds again by finding your nothingness." Wow. Okay, now look at verse at verse nine. Here the Lord desires that we as a bride run back towards him as a company of horses out of Egypt come back. Like, go back like horses. So look what it says in verse in verse 9. I have compared thee, O my love, to a company of horses in Pharaoh's chariots. Yeah. He says, now it's time for you. I desire that you as a bride come towards me like a, a group of horses coming out of Egypt. Wow. And now verse Verse 10. Verse 10 is, he talks about her cheeks. I'll let you read that and then I'll I'll explain that. Go go ahead. Thy cheeks are comely with rows of jewels, thy neck with chains of gold. Your cheeks, the cheeks represent the inner and outer life. When you return your life again, hallelujah, When, when, when you return, your life again is crowned with Jesus. Your neck, uh, pure love will be most beautiful. So the cheeks here represents the inner life and the outer life. And when you return, your life now becomes crowned with the Lord. So verse 10, your cheeks are comely with rows of joy in your neck with chains of gold. That's what happens when we return like horses. Suddenly our life is crowned with the Lord. So you see uh, jewels and gold now return to our life Mm. around our neck. Verse 11. We will make the borders of gold with studs of silver. Already experiencing beauty, God will add to our beauty. God will add to our uh, gold. Uh, Perfect submission to our king. So he he says here in verse 11, we will make the borders of gold with studs of silver. We're going to add to your beauty gold's chains 
and gold chain speaks of perfect submission to a king. And we will inlaid you with silver, with good works in the sight of others. That's what silver rep rep represents too here. Wow. So we're gonna, God's gonna add to us gold chains, perfect submission to the king of, of glory, and silver, visible good works in the sight of others. Studs of silver. Verse 12 now, it says, and because your bridegroom is the center of your spirit. Now he reveals himself to others through you. Everywhere you go, you bring his presence with you. Read that verse 12 and see what I just said. Yeah. While the king sitteth at his table, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. Wow, wow, wow. While the king is sitting at his table, my perfume is sending forth the frag its fragrance. So now, because our bridegroom is the center of our, of our spirit again, he reveals himself to others through us. Wow. Everywhere we go, we bring his fragrance. While the king is sitting as, at his table, his fragrance is coming to others through us. Wow. Verse 12. And verse 13 says, and his presence will penetrate your being in the night seasons also. Verse 13. A bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me. He shall lie all night betwixt my breasts. Have you ever seen this like that? No. The way I'm explaining no, sir. it. Yeah. Now, and it all begins with verse 1. Yeah. I want union with you, Lord. Draw me in. Now I'm being distracted. Now I'm being told do other things. Now I have to find my nothingness to find you. And now when, when I find you, I, you, you start adding to me all these blessings. And suddenly, not only am I bringing your fragrance to others, because now you're sitting at the table, but more than that, your presence is penetrating my being in the night seasons. Wow. A bundle of myrrh. Wow. A bundle of myrrh is my well beloved unto me. He shall lie all night between my breasts. So his presence now is penetrating my being in the night seasons. And in, in verse 14, it says now, when you know the depth of his presence, you'll discover his nearness like a cluster of cypress where I find my joy in God alone, where nothing else delights me. And to seek any other source of satisfaction is to lose all that that is of him. That's what this verse says. So let me, let me just read that, then you can read verse, verse 14. And because we know the depth of his presence, you'll discover his nearness like a cluster of cypress. And here it calls it henna blooms, a cluster of hamphor. Where I find my joy in God alone, where nothing else delights me. I'm, my only delight now is, is the Lord. And to seek any other source of satisfaction is to lose all of that. So he says, my beloved is unto me as a cluster of campfire, or here, cypress. 
a beautiful smelt of cypress, mm -hmm. by the way. But I find my joy in the vineyard of En Gedi. En Gedi speaks of a place of joy in God alone. That's what the word, by the way, means, En Gedi. Mm -hmm. A place of joy alone in God. My delight is only found in him. And and if I, if I look at any other source, I lose it. And then verse, verse 15, Thou art fair, my beloved, yea, pleasant. Also our bed is green. And because of this now he says, you are fair. Because now I'm experiencing the depth of his presence. I'm discovering his nearness like a cluster of cypress. I find my joy in him alone. Nothing else delights my soul. Everything else that I turn to will cause me to lose that. But because I'm there where he wants me, he says, you are fair. And watch what he says. Mm. Behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. You have dove's eyes. You are fair. I will perfect you. I will always cause you to see me with dove's eyes of simplicity and freedom from deception. Wow. Because a dove is, is a symbol of simplicity mm. and no deception. So I will cause you to see me now with dove's eyes. I will cause you to see me with simplicity and freedom from being deceived. Mm. I'm going to reward you. Wow. I'm going to reward you and tell you how fair you are to me now. I will perfect you. Behold, thou art fair, thou art fair. By, by the way, do you know every time you see the Bible repeating something twice, it's perfecting it. Mm -hmm. It's strengthening it. Yes. Like Joseph said to Pharaoh, you've seen that dream twice, God is completing it. Mm. It's, it's determined to happen. So it says, you are fair, you are fair. Not only is he saying you are fair, he says, I'm going to perfect your beauty. I'm, I'm going to perfect you, and I'm going to cause you to see me with dove's eyes simplicity and freedom from deception. And then verse 16, now the bride gives praise to her beloved. She begins to lavish him with praise. Mm. And she says, our bed or our inner place of fellowship that belongs only to you, Lord, a place adorned with a thousand virtues. That's what the word green means, a thousand virtues. Fellowship untold, where our unity is eternal. Look, look, look at that beautiful verse. Wow. Behold, thou art fair, my beloved. I'm now, the bride begins to shout him with praise. She lavishes him with praise. You're fair, my, my beloved. And then she says, yea, pleasant. Our bed is green. Our bed is green means our inner place of fellowship. Mm. It only belongs to you. Our bed only belongs to you. A place adorned with a thousand virtues. It's green. A thousand virtues. It's full of lush green beauty. And the, and, the, and, the, 
uh, uh, color green, by the way, in the Bible speaks of virtues, yeah. life, abundance, yeah. not death, yeah. not nothingness, not emptiness, not like a desert, place of abundance and beauty, yeah. a place of a thousand virtues, fellowship, untold fellowship, where it is, it is eternal fellowship. So, this was her first and last request. If you look at that beautiful uh, Song of Solomon, it begins with and it ends with, I want you to, my, to myself. Wow. The bride wants him for herself. Amen. And now the Lord builds his habitation around you, preparing us for the next stage. So he's building his habitation here for us to a higher level. He says, the beams of our house are cedar and our rafters are fir. Mm-hmm. He says, now because you want me, I'm going to build you a habitation just for you. That's what that verse Praise says. the Lord. The beams of our house are cedar. Our rafters are fir. And these are the most expensive wood in the Holy Land. Remember? when they brought cedars from Lebanon to build the temple, and then they had fur that they said was unknown in Israel, and and that's where he made Mm -hmm. the harps and instruments with Mm -hmm. that special wood. So the Lord says, I'm going to build you a house now of cedars and fur. (laughs) I'm going to build something for the next stage that is eternal. Ah, hallelujah. So in our relationship, uh, his presence is cedar. Mm. Because it speaks of the temple. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That's what was I built. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna build you a place of my presence. Uh, beautifully carved. With uh, with uh, fur or farof, it's a different wood that that is be- that is beautiful. So total death was what is in us and total life to what is in him is the end of it we die to everything we are and live to everything he is eternally yeah how this has helped you sweet people it's helped me it's helped me if it's helped you it's helped them (laughs) thank you lord for your word to you be the praise we give you all the glory all the honor all the majesty Bless your people, Lord, with depth. Bless your people, Lord, with your word. Reveal your word. Open our eyes. That we might behold wondrous things out of your precious word. We give you all the praise. You know, sometimes when you read the song of Solomon, you think, what is this all about? Mm-hmm. Well, I've just explained that one chapter. Yeah. The greatest on that is Madame Guyon, mm-hmm. Jean Guyon. Have you ever read her books? I have not. <gasps> I would recommend everyone read Jean Guyon on the Song of Solomon. Will. It will change your life. I've got all of her books. You can download her books. Mm. Jean Guyon, they, actually, they, they, they persecuted her for her love for the Lord. Yeah. She was a French woman. Yeah. Madame Jean Guyon. You have never read her books? I've, I've heard of her, but oh, I never have. Experiencing the depth of Jesus Christ is the greatest book I think I've read by her. And uh, God has given women amazing depth 
like mm. you think of Catholic women, Kodit and Boom, but only actually these these women have touched the world. Yes. Thank God for that. Amen. All right, it's time to give and and sow your seed in the Lord's work. Listen, listen. The Bible says if you receive spiritual wealth and riches, it is our duty to give our carnal money <laughs> to the Lord. That's what Paul said. So I'm going to ask you now to give your money to the Lord because you know what? Jesus said if you if you cannot be trusted with filthy mammon, who can trust you with true riches? And I believe it means more than just wealth. It means the anointing too. Because yeah. if we can be trusted with the visible, God will trust us with the invisible. Because every time we give to the Lord, we say, Lord, I trust you. So he can trust us with more and bless our lives in many ways. Paul calls it the fruit of our righteousness, you know, in Second uh, Corinthians. So Lord, bless them as they're given, so seed in your work. Multiply the seed they sow in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. Okay, you can give right now on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to benin.org or simply text BHM45777. And tomorrow... Life in Jesus. What does it mean to be in Christ? This was today a beautiful teaching yesterday also on the bride of Christ. And, uh, you know, I'll bring more teachings like that down the road. There's so much about the bride in the Bible, and I'll talk about that maybe another time down the road. But now, love you all, and I'll see you tomorrow for a great teaching. And share this teaching with your friends. Bye-bye. Benny Hen Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades. The Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. Thus far, we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half century. Pastor Benny's legacy, life's work, calling and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Hen Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified over and over through every possible means. What happens next will be the greatest blessing of all. Isn't it wonderful what the Lord has done? And to Jesus be all the glory. I wanted to show you this beautiful report about the digitizing of thousands and thousands of hours already of the great meetings from the past because we want to keep them for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. So we need your help still. So thank you, thank you. I just wanted to show you that your money is doing the job. What you gave in the past is really making it happen. But let's keep doing it for the Lord, please. This is for His glory because now it can go to every nation on earth in every language on earth because of your help. All right. You can give right now on the platform. You're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihim.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. So thank you for loving. Thank you for giving. And let's keep glorifying our wonderful Savior. Much love to you. Thanks again.